Hello and welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. And Once again, it was the Titans that made a statement, or was it the Chiefs that we need to look at? Mate, I'll ask you about the Chiefs shortly, but uh, it was the Bengals that announced themselves as a, as a force in the AFC North, and they now lead the division after thumping their rivals in Baltimore. Mark Ingram's back in New Orleans. Uh, couldn't find a graphic designer to mock up some uh, some Saints Guernsey's on uh, on Mark Ingram, so I'll have to have a play around with that one. But uh, the Cardinals continued on their merry ways. The Rams, Packers, and Bucks have some breathing space atop their respective NFC divisions as well. I'm your host, Nick Splitter, and once again, I'm joined by our not-so-new co-host, Ryan LaPaul. Welcome back, mate. How are you? Yeah, really well, Nick. Thanks, mate. Uh, great to have some freedom this week in Melbourne as well, which has um, been very nice, even though I haven't got out too much. But look, it's um, another big week in the NFL. As you said, we saw some some incredible results last week, um, none bigger than the two you mentioned in the AFC with the Titans potentially throwing down their, um, their um, status of being real contenders and, and same with the Bengals. So, yeah, it's a wide open AFC in particular. So it's um, going to be good to dissect the games again with you this week, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, I guess before we get stuck into that, again, if you like the show, please give us a rating and a review on Facebook and or on iTunes, wherever you listen. Um, obviously, we appreciate any feedback, but we prefer good ones if you have it. Um, to, uh, jump on Twitter, jump on Facebook, jump on Instagram, uh, and uh, let's have a chat. Um, some talking points this week. Mate, you wanted to talk about the Chiefs? Yeah, look, surely it's almost curtains for the Chiefs this year. Um, after that performance, I mean, there's, surely there's no way back now. I mean, they are only three and four, and they'll probably get back to 500 this week. But the way they lost and it's in the way obviously MVP Mahomes is playing as well is a real cause of concern. I mean, nine picks, uh, I think it's six or seven games in a row or every game this season he's, he's had a pick. He it's been, um, he had 11 in the last, you know, two entire seasons, including the playoff games. So it's an incredible um, streak. They've had a total of 17 turnovers as well, the Chiefs, which is five more than the next, if you can believe. And that's the hapless Jets at 12. So they are just turning the football over at will, and and their defense obviously has got more holes than Royal Melbourne as well. So look, it's it's a real, real uphill battle now for the Chiefs. They might have to make some, um, you know, moves this week. Uh, we, we've only got a few more days left in the trade period, uh, to the trade deadline, I should say. So it's going to be interesting to see if they do make any moves. I know they're very tight in terms of how much cap space they do have. So mm. yeah, it, it's an interesting watch and see. Obviously, write them off at your own peril, but. I'd almost go as far as saying they can't win it and let, they might even struggle to win their division. So they're going to be a wild card team at best, I think, now. And, yeah, it's going to be a real struggle going in um, and not having that home field advantage during the playoffs, mate. It is a real interesting one because, obviously, I mean, there's so much talent on that roster, in, in that squad, it's, yeah, obviously on on offense. There, there is some talent on defense, but they've just, like you said, there's some glaring holes almost across every line. Um, and, and that's a real issue. But... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a real tough one to see what they do over the next week um, or a few days you know, as, as we record this before the before the deadline. Um, you would think that they have enough trust in their squad that they can get through this and, and get back to back, back to winning ways. But yeah, the form is is as alarming as we've seen from from the Chiefs in you know four or five years. Um, and it was amazing to see that. Uh, I think that was the first time since. Mahomes was named the starter in Kansas City that uh, the Chiefs haven't scored a touchdown of any type in yeah. a game, which is uh, quite yeah, amazing. Yeah, an incredible streak of throwing at least two touchdowns per game. So, um, yeah, it's just, one, uh, just so. a, 
an astonishing loss, um, but the the trends the trends are almost more alarming for the Chiefs, yep. and we just have to wait and see what happens in Kansas City. But I guess you know, talking about trends, I mean, what grade are we giving Carson Wentz through seven games in Indianapolis? I mean, clearly, you know, he's he's not back to that MVP form that we saw a couple of years ago in Philly before the ACL, but he's clearly not as bad as we also saw over the last you know twelve months in in Philadelphia. Um, he's got an eleven to one touchdown interception ratio you know there's still still a case of the fumbles every now and then um but you know in general he's looked a lot better and, and you just have to wonder you know he's got frank reich obviously in in indy uh, the front office is is a much better proposition it's a much better franchise at the moment the colts than uh than the eagles um what what grade are you giving carson wentz i'd, I'd give him a b plus he's he's, quite, he's almost close to an a i mean he, he had a few slow weeks to start but they played very good opposition as well and um, what we've seen him do against those weaker sides, I suppose, the last few weeks is 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 a good trend for the Colts. And um, you know that that pick six, uh, pick six, the interception in the red zone was inexcusable last week, no doubt. But he bounced back. He throws. He made some really nice throws late in that game with a really soaking wet football as well. Um, mm. Not ideal conditions for either quarterback. But we saw how um, much Jimmy G struggled in that second half. Whereas Carson, you know, limited those mistakes. He he uh, got the ball out of his hands. He, he made those short passes, but he, then he also didn't, you know, had the balls to throw it down the field a bit as well and, and make those plays. I mean, the Colts got a lot of yardage just from um, underthrown balls and the, and the 49ers defense just plays just running straight through the Colts receivers and that helped them move the ball down the field. But yeah, I think Carson gets a B plus from mine. Um, I'd be interested to know what our man Josh Y thinks of him um, and what grade he'd give him. Do you reckon he'd be in the B or... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I reckon. I reckon Josh. Josh is a pretty hard yeah. taskmaster. I <laughs> like reckon he's, he's probably around the the C mark. Yeah. But we'll we'll ask him on on Twitter. Yeah, we do. Uh, this week. I reckon it's it's a good conversation. I mean, but no, for me, I think it's yeah, it's it's a definitely a B at least, and if not pushing up to B plus, and and that can certainly even you know improve if they can beat the Titans this week and really jump back into that uh, AFC South race. Yeah, I agree. I've got him around a B, and, and obviously, you know, it could end up being a win-win situation for for both the Colts and and the Eagles. But you know, if you're if you're an Eagles fan that uh, was ripping Carson last year, probably kicking yourself a little bit looking at at what Jalen Hurts is uh, is is putting up uh, in terms of statistic. You know, from a fantasy perspective. Great numbers, but from an actual football on-field perspective, not great. Given you know, invested heavily in in receiver talent and, and that sort of stuff. So, uh, it's a real interesting one to to watch how the season progresses in Indianapolis. Um, obviously, how the Colts season progresses, you know, impacts Philadelphia and and that impacts the draft and and a whole range of things. So yeah, we can't it's, tell it's, you it's, looking at that too closely, mate. With all your I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what, what what are you referring to? You're loving Miami struggles at the moment. Let's just say that. And then obviously, um, yeah, there's three or four picks inside that first round for the Eagles at the moment, and, and what two or three in top site in the top five or ten. So. Yeah, I think there's I think there's two in the top ten and three in the top fifteen at the moment, which is uh, which is solid. We'll take it. But I think yeah, I think if the if the Colts keep winning, obviously you know Carson keeps starting, keeps playing, getting that snap count up, which is good for an Eagles first round pick. But you know that first rounder might might be a little lower than you know it is at the moment uh if the colts keep winning so we'll see how that goes it's obviously a, a real interesting watch for the rest of the season but uh, i've got a couple of questions from uh from our mate matt zemek in uh, phoenix um and i'm gonna pose this one to you mate of the first 
of the first year head coaches who were struggling, you look at Dan Campbell, Robert Sala, Nick Sirianni, David Cully, and Urban Meyer, do any of them definitely deserve at least three seasons to dig out of the current mess, or are they all on a two-year limit if we don't see significant improvements next year? What are you thinking? Yeah, the one that stood out to me and probably the only one on that list, and and I think you agreed slightly with me, was was probably Robert Sala, just for the fact that he's got the runs on the board. He, he was um, obviously came highly touted from San Francisco where that he led that defense to a Super Bowl in 2019. I mean, he, he's been inherited a pretty you know, inept off um, franchise that hasn't had a winning season in or one winning season in the last 10 or 11 years. They haven't made the playoffs since 2010. So I think I think he's got a little bit of time. He's obviously got the number two pick in the draft as, as his quarterback in Zach Wilson. So they'll give him time to mature. I've got a pretty young list. I mean, they've just brought in old man John, Joe Flacco now to, to get some experience <laughs> into that locker room. But look, I, I think from, from those um, coaches that you said, I could easily see any of those potentially even not lasting this year, if not um, if not next. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Salah is probably the one that's probably got a bit more job security than any of them. Look, uh, as I was saying as well, Urban Meyer probably did himself a huge favour by winning that game in London. Um, if they were 0-7 or 0-6, like the Lions, he would obviously be feeling the heat, especially with that off-field indiscretion, I'll, I suppose you'd call it as well, hanging over his head and, <laughs> and the fact that, you know, um, yeah, it's just the kind of polarizing figure he is. So, look, I, I don't know if Urban has got much job security, especially if the Jags don't improve from here. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I'd have to say Robert Salon. Um, Another question from Matty, uh, one I'll post to you, mate, is the Bengals' offensive line is not getting Joe Burrow killed. Is it simply a matter of Burrow being able to find Chase quickly in the pass pattern or the lineman playing at a much higher level maybe, or, or maybe some of both? What is Zach Taylor doing so much better than he has in the past two years? Yes, really good question. It's something that I've been watching progress with the Bengals throughout the course of the year. And, and you're right, he's, he's not getting killed, but the, the Cincinnati offensive line has still allowed 17 sacks throughout the course of the season. That's equal seventh most in the league. And it is obviously a step up from where they've been over the last few years and even you know in the first few weeks, but there's still a, a really long way to go um, in terms of protecting you know their franchise quarterback. It was only a month ago that the Bengals were on pace to break the single-season sacks allowed record um, after the first couple of weeks. That being said, you know, they they obviously didn't draft the best offensive lines in, in in the draft. We all know there's been a lot of a lot of talk about that decision to draft Chase over uh, Sewell, but um, you know they did upgrade their offensive line in other ways. They brought back Frank Pol- Polak as offensive line coach. Uh, who was out for a year. They drafted Jackson Carmen at guard in the second round out of Clemson. They brought in Trey Hill. More development into Jonah Williams, um, who missed his entire rookie season in 2019. Uh, only played the 10 games last year as well. So yeah, he's played seven of seven Makes so far this season. Doesn't it? And, looks and a, I think we spoke real... about him a week or two ago. We said, you know, how how much he's been touted and, and he's actually delivering on that, you know, that potential and promise. Um, but I'll just jump in quickly regarding that that decision to uh, trade um, select Jamar Chase. I mean, there was so many negativity, especially after his preseason performances and how he couldn't catch the ball. And but look, Jesus, he's he's on tra- track to break a lot of records this year. He's, he's been incredible, and mm. um, to have that chemistry in the locker room is surely something that is really building that um, that chemistry and, and culture in Cincinnati that hasn't had a you know a winning season for. A long time either. Definitely. Well, I, I didn't think that we'd see a 
you know, rookie receiver or receiver rookie season like we saw last year from Justin yeah. Jefferson. But Jamar Chase is, is up there, if not, you know, exceeding that already. I mean, the, the guy is just so dynamic. He's so athletic. Um, you know, he, he runs, he jumps, he's strong and powerful. You know, he just, he does just about everything. Um, and, you know, it, it, it may turn out to be an inspired choice. Um, you know, if those guys that we mentioned before um, can keep developing and keep improving, yeah, you know, they, they have improved a lot, but I think that there's still plenty of room for, for improvement in Cincinnati. And, um, you know, Joe Burrow is, is the guy, he's the, he's the man. Um, and, uh, you know, you just need to protect him at, at all costs. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do this offseason if, if they go down that, that route again in terms of, um, you know, offensive line, center potentially, um, to, to protect him a little bit more uh, and just keep, you know, keep developing that part of the uh, the squad because you know, we've seen so many times before you've got a franchise quarterback and teams that can't protect them, whether it's um, Andrew Luck in Indianapolis, whether it's Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, or you know, there's a number of other um, examples that you know, it, it can cost your franchise, can set your franchise back a decade nearly. So, um, you know, I hope they get it right because, you know, they, they played some unbelievable football on the weekend um, and, you know, they, they kind of showed the talent and, and potential that they've got there. And if they can keep that up, then you know, the Bengals squad could be just about anything with, with the amount of talent they've got there on, on both sides of the ball. They're just, you know, kind of continuing to develop. So really exciting times in, in uh, Cincinnati, but uh, they're not quite there yet. But, uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed watching them on the weekend. Um you know, head into week eight. Uh, another really solid week on the punt. We're, that's that's five weeks in a row. We're in the going well, mate. We're going very well in the profit. Um, the opening two weeks, obviously, we've mentioned a few times, were pretty horrific. Uh, but since then, we've gone a combined twenty-two and nine. Uh, it was another two and one week for both of us. So we're definitely back in the black um, across the the course of the season. Your player props, mate, have uh, have been going great guns. I think you're four and two. Oh, look, I was very time. lucky last week. Hawkinson got a late catch. We got over the line by half a yard. Hey, <laughs> as take, close as it gets. We'll take it. So that's five. Oh, that's five and two for your player props for the year. I think. I think actually one week you had two, and got both of them. I did so, two in one week, which both saluted. But you know, so that's. Uh, I'm going to leave the. Well, I'm going to leave the props to you. I think from now on. Um, I think I've got one this week, but uh, I haven't spent too much time on props. I think that's your thing from now on. Yeah. Yeah, look, I've got one straight off the bat in the Thursday night game um, tomorrow morning, our time. So um, hopefully just get a nice win early. Beautiful, beautiful. We've got we've had, a, had a couple of long shots lob over the last month, um, but how are you feeling about week eight? Oh, look, mate, uh, I'm feeling confident. I've won two head-to-head heads <laughs> against you in a row as well. We have, you failed to mention that, but so it's 3-2 in favour of Nick. <laughs> But uh, and we've got a couple, I think, this week. So you know, I could easily be in front, or we you could be stretching that lead. We'll see. We will see. I didn't want to mention that for obvious reasons. So <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Normally, normally you uh, you build me up in this show, and now you've just pulled me back down. So I think it's time to start building me up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, for everyone listening, remember that we record on a Thursday night Melbourne time, the eastern coast of Australia. Uh, player props, as we mentioned, there, there's not a lot um, as we record this. Some we're able to find in the Vegas books. Some Australian books have a few up at the moment. This week, there weren't too many. So uh, I don't have a, a huge amount, but uh, as I said, Lep has got a, a couple. And Yeah, it's always nice if you can find one in the, in the you know, our Friday morning mm. game because that's the only one our books have up, really. Um, but like like I said, um, Bet365 are probably your best bet if you are looking for an Australian book early. They they follow, obviously, the global 
global books or the Vegas ones pretty closely. And, and that's where we've found a lot of them recently. So you can get on at this time if you are listening. Yes. You know, on a Thursday night slash Friday morning. Spot on. And uh, six teams on the buy last week, which destroyed everyone's week in fantasy. Um, we're back to just the two on buy this week. So we'll get cracking with week eight. The buys are Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. Thursday night football, Friday morning, Australian Eastern time. We've got Green Bay at Arizona. The Cardinals minus six and a half. The total is 50 and a half. Do you want to kick us off for this one? Yeah, mate. The two longest winning streaks in the NFL are at stake in this one. And it's an absolute great way to, way to start week eight. And if not missing some key pieces, it would most certainly be the game of the week and probably still is, to be fair, alongside that uh, Sunday night football matchup. We're going to preview a bit later. But look, Arizona last week, they played the Texans. They fell behind. With a safety early, they were 2-0 down, and then obviously the Texans kicked the field goal, and that's the bulk of the scoring for the Texans. And <laughs> the Cardinals were able to hit their straps and, and cruise to a pretty comfortable 24-5 win, covering that big 17-point line that we touched on. And, and um, you know, one we, in hindsight, we may should have played instead of the Rams, but I digress. And, look, if the, if the Cardinals can sneak past the undermanned Packers here, uh, they'll likely enter week their Week 13 rematch against the Rams at 12-0, incredibly. Mm-hmm. They they face four teams in the next in the next month after this, all with um, losing losing records. So it's a, it's a great run in. Uh, it's certainly falling their way. However, you know if that sets them up, you know to to face the Rams is is a different question. But look, I mean Zach Ertz made an instant impact last week on an already stacked offense. So I feel like it's going to be a really long day for that Packers defense, who are already quite undermanned as I as I touched on and. They'll be up against it on the offensive side with, uh, at this stage, looking like Aaron Rodgers will be without his best two targets on the COVID list and uh, Devontae Adams, of course, and Alan Lazard. So, look, I know they still have the magic of that number 12. And while they've been winning and covering the line, this is their first big test since the Bengals. Um, Only one of two teams they've faced with a winning record this year, the other being the Saints, where they got blown off the park Mm. in that week one disaster. So, look, I I have to keep rolling with the cards here. And and I think the play at six and a half is a nice one Uh, at home as well on a short week. I'm happy to be Arizona minus six and a half here, mate. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, Obviously, like you said, a couple of pretty important matchups this week. But you've got the seven zip Cardinals, the six and one Packers kicking off week eight. I, I'm just not sure I want to play. I, th- I think this should be a really good watch. Um, I tend in these ones, you know, where you've got you know really powerful dynamic offenses, um, you know, and and a touchdown approximately, uh, you know, you go with the underdogs. But uh, I think this line is pretty spot on based on current form. And and like you said, you know, missing uh, Adams and Lazard is is a, a huge um, a, a huge issue for that. Packers offense, but we've also seen guys when they've had these kind of one-off weeks with, you know, missing guys that, that you get other guys that stand up and, you know, we've seen Richard Rogers do it in the past at tight end. Um, so, you know, Robert Tonyan's done it a couple of times already. Um, yeah. They've got other guys that, that can stand up and, and fill that gap for, for a week or two um, until guys come back. But I, I'm leaning to the overs here rather than the, uh, the, the spread. The cards have put up just on 30 points a game. So far this season, the Packers are putting up around 24-25. And this line's at 50 and a half. So I'm going to have a little play on the overs. Do you have any further thoughts on this one? No, I couldn't couldn't begrudge you that. And that's probably, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually quite bullish on, on the overs as well, to be honest, for all the reasons you just said. And 
Um, if anything, I might dabble at the double Ooh. as well. But yeah, I think over 50 and a half is a really solid play for anyone there. I did see that you were potentially with the Green Bay Packers at that line. So I thought we might have a head-to-head. I didn't realise you swapped, but... Um, yeah, like look, I said, I, I kind of lean the lean the underdogs, but yeah, the, yeah. the the outs for the Packers just kind of ticked off the list. And I think yeah. the, I think the line's pretty spot on in this one. So yeah, I yeah. think I think you're right. The line is probably pretty close, and I think that uh, that total points is probably a touch under where mm. it could be. It could be closer to that um, mid fifties, like we've got in the Cowboys Vikings game. But I, I think that over fifty and a half is a really solid play. And, and just as you point point out, those boy uh, those guys stepping up, obviously. Um, Valdez Scantling mm-hmm. still out for the Packers as well, but they've got Randall Cobb, and, and that's Aaron Rodgers' go-to man on third down, and he's going to have to be his go-to man on first and second as well potentially when they're throwing the ball. So he's my player, my player prop this week. He's only got a line of forty-seven and a half, which is I think extremely low mm-hmm. for a completely one hundred percent number one wide receiver going into that game. I like that a lot. Obviously, they've got the tight ends that you mentioned. They've got Mercedes Lewis as well as Tonyan, but I feel like. Cobb's going to be his go-to, especially on third down when, you know, in short yardage and, and even longer yardage situations, um, they're going to feed Aaron Ro- Aaron Jones a lot. He had a, a, I think his line was about 100 for receiving and rushing, which appealed to me as well. Yeah. Um, but I went with Randall Cobb as my player prop this week. Again, under 50 yards for, a you know, a number one wide receiver when you've got Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, I think is, um, is a nice play. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. And, and I think you'll see him... A- yeah, a lot in that slot, you know, for those those little um, chunk passes to, to move the chains. Little, but, yeah, but he'll also five, ten yards, he'll yeah. also spend a bit of time outside as well. And um, you know, we, you know, you always know Aaron Rodgers is going to want to air out the ball at some stage. So I, th- I think that's uh, I, I really like that. So I might have a, a bit of a play on that one as well. But um, next up, we've got Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo minus thirteen and a half. The first double digit spread of the week. The total is forty nine and a half. The Falcons put up a 30-burger on the Dolphins last week. The Dolphins ranked 25th in DVOA defense. And for what it's worth, the Falcons were rated 29th in that metric coming into last week. And you want to have a guess as to where the Bills might rank in, in that metric, mate? Uh, they'd have to be in the top 10, wouldn't they, roughly? Roughly, exactly. They are 15 spots <laughs> higher in 10th. Uh, Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, put on a clinic last week against the Miami secondary. And it's the passing game of Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cole Beasley that will be the difference here again. Since 2015, the Buffalo Bills are 4-1-1 against the spread coming off a bye, while Miami are just 8-9 and nine against the spread with a rest disadvantage. Tua at quarterback looks to be coming good for the Dolphins. He's had two really solid games in a row, but I think the Bills are just going to be too strong both sides of the ball. You know, they're a top five defense. They're... Uh, their offense can get can you know get on fire at any any given point, and I think that this is going to be a big win for the Bills here. What have you got, mate? Yeah, look, mate, the, I can't see any other result other than a big Bills victory here. Um, as tempted as I am to probably follow you in there at that minus thirteen and a half, I won't get involved in this one. But I mean, Miami were just awful, as we touched on before we came on air last week. They uh, to lose. To Atlanta the way they did, I mean, Tua probably had one of his better games at quarterback. Uh, he did have two interceptions that were costly, but he did throw for four uh, touchdowns, of course, but it wasn't enough for Miami for that, you know, lord of defense. has It's really done nothing this mm. year. And the Bills have just owned them in their in their recent history. And they've owned that division really recent in, you know, the last 18 months. And they've won, you know, set their last seven games against their AFC East opponents. 
the Dolphins have, haven't covered the line in any of their last four games. And five of the last six games between these two sides have been gone over the uh, total match points line. And I don't think it was even the one that they played earlier in this year. I think the Bills shut them out. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that even went over. So they tend to play high scoring matches and I, and I probably would probably lean to that overs if you were having a bet as well. Um, if, if this game, so yeah, if this game goes over that 50 point total, then I reckon the Bills are winning by 20 or 30 because I just don't see, oh, yeah, I don't see how to. the Dolphins yeah. with that offense are putting up, you know, 20-plus against this Bills D. No, it could be, a you know, a 40 or 30, high 30s to 14 kind mm. of type game. and um, But, yeah, I, I, look, that's why I'm staying out. There's no play for me, but I think the Bills will win and win comfortably if you were having a, a little long shot, potentially have a look at those Bills over three touchdowns or something. Um might be worth having a look at that for those um, inclined. Very good. Very good. Next up, we've got Carolina at Atlanta. The Falcons minus three. The total is 46. What is there to say about the Panthers right now? They started three and zip, and they've gone zip and four ever since. And I really wanted to take the unders here, knowing about the, the talent in the Carolina defense. But if they can ship 25 to Danny Dimes and those Rejects on the oh, on the Giants' offense. I just all all in that second half oh, really it's as ridiculous. Well. It, was, it was embarrassing. Really, I was embarrassed for the Panthers. Um, you know, knowing what they can do and how much talent is there, I was embarrassed for them. And you know, if that's the form that they're bringing to this one, yeah, I'm really scared about what Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts could do given that rapport that they seem to be building now. It was it was a slow start for Kyle Pitts at the pro level, but his last two or three weeks have been really strong. Yeah, breakout weeks. Um, so it's a no play from me. But uh, what have you got? Yeah, it was it was disastrous for the Panthers last week, and um, they started pretty well that defense. And I thought, you know, if they could get something going on offense, I was looking okay because I actually took Carolina stupidly <clears throat> to cover against the Giants. And God, they were just as bad as they were on defense. They were so much worse on offense. <laughs> they put up three points. Sam Darnold was benched. Uh, it was just a disaster for for the Panthers and. You know, they, the wheels have well and truly fallen off there. They've they've now dropped to, um, what's it, three and four <clears throat> after after starting brightly and, and looking like they'd be a real challenger in that, um, you know, for a playoff spot mm. potentially. So, yeah, it's, it's fallen away quickly without Christian McCaffrey. He's obviously missed all of those four games as well, which, which doesn't help. They've allowed 29 points per game, as you mentioned, over the last – that stretch. So, yeah, it's not a game I can get – uh, bet in because I've got no trust in the Falcons either. But God, they, he looks good, doesn't he? Kyle Pitts, he, does. he was he was impressive. He, how was that? Last how week? was that one handed one handed catch on the sidelines at full stretch? It's just, I mean, but even when <clears throat> as soon as Matt Ryan needed to move the ball downfield to kick that winning field goal, who did he look for? Yeah. Straight away, he, Kyle Pitts got a big chunk. Um, I think you know 20, 30 yards, and and that helped move the chains and, and get the ball into field goal position. And um, yeah. Matt Ryan is not the same Matty Ice we, we knew, but he, he can still get the ball out and he's still um, a very accurate passer. And with those weapons, they can put up big points on any given day, the Falcons. So, yeah, look, um, the more I talk about it, I'm probably inclined to play Atlanta there. But, yeah, just with two poor franchises, I'm, I'm more inclined to stay yeah. out. So it's a no play. Yeah, no, good call. And I think I think you look at look at Kyle Pitts now and, you know, there's some real some real um, comparisons to, to, you know, Prime Travis Kelsey and um, yeah, different different type of tight end to to Gronk, but yeah, Travis Kelsey, uh, Zach Ertz, you know, these guys it just looks like looks like a natural 
uh, in this kind of new generation of uh, of pass catching tight ends, and uh, looks like a real solid target in that in that Falcons offense for a decade. Um, if you can stay fit and healthy, yeah, definitely. Um, They've won seven of their last eight against the Panthers as well. I might add mm, the Falcons. Interesting. So. Very interesting, um, you know, dominant record over the past four seasons. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if that changes anything for for anybody listening. Let us know if that if that stat, that trend, <laughs> uh, makes makes a difference when uh, when you're looking at that at that game in uh, in your best sleep. But next up, we've got Philadelphia at Detroit. Detroit plus three and a half. The total is forty eight. If you got anything in this huge blockbuster, <laughs> prio, should be prime time matchup. <clears throat> You know what's going to happen here, don't you? Surely. Do I want to know? They're, they're winless, Detroit. They've got to win the game sooner or later. <laughs> I was hoping you it would could say be the that. week, but, you know, they were pretty good last week, which means they'll probably have a drop-off this week, um, Detroit. So that's been their up-and-down nature of this season. Look, um, you, you look at this at bare bones and you think Philly by how far, but um, we know that's not always the case in Philly. Um, they, were, they started well, obviously. They scored that first touchdown opening drive and then just did nothing after mm-hmm. that against the Raiders last week. The Eagles, I didn't watch much of the game, so you might have to go into a bit more depth for me, but ugly. I know you won't. It's pretty ugly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting one because uh, despite, you know, we know how um, poor these teams kind of have been offensively and struggling, but their their defences are both struggling as well. They're both bottom 10 scoring defences, meaning... You know, a high-scoring game isn't out of the question here, but um, yeah, as we know, it's it's a rule in this on this podcast. We don't bet on Philly games, and we won't this in this one either. Yeah, no, it's really really disappointing output from my boys last week against the Raiders. I was expecting a lot more. I thought, yeah, after the week that that had, they'd come out firing, but just really, you know, like you said, after that opening drive, didn't really fire a shot. Um, and there's some real real issues. Uh, in that football department, you know, I heard Nick Sirianni at the, the last press conference uh, overnight this morning, Australian Eastern Time, talk about when the when the going gets tough, uh, you got to turn into flowers or some shit like that. It was just ridiculous. Like he was talking about, I, I kind of understood what he was saying that you know you've got to start you know in the ground and you've got to plant the seeds and then you've got to water it and you've got to develop it and whatever. But you know, then he started the green, talking, the green shoots. The green, yeah, that's right. And and you've got to grow the flower, right? You got to put the work in to grow the flower. I, I get the concept, but he's not he's not a great motivational speaker. And uh, you know, in a team that seems devoid of confidence, yeah, he doesn't command doesn't command the room. Does no, he? and it, yeah, a team that seems devoid of confidence needs someone who can kind of stand up the front of the room and 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 rev the rev the guys up. And he just doesn't seem like he's yeah. got that in him. So really intrigued. And, and going back to Matt's question from the top of the show, you know, I'm not sure he lasts the season if, if things continue. They just they look insipid on both offense on defense. Um, yeah, there's not a lot to like about the Philadelphia Eagles at the moment, but uh, not a huge amount to like about the Detroit Lions either, uh, which is a shame for, for Lions fans. They've been wanting something to look forward to for a while, and I think that a lot of them thought that a new coach and you know, lots of stuff would be the dawn of a new era, and that hasn't uh, hasn't quite come to fruition, at least not yet, um, but we'll see how things go. You're, you're probably right. They'll probably beat us this week, and um, things will be up and about in Detroit and Maybe Nick Sirianni will get fired. You'd be a very game man to, to back them. Though, oh, you I couldn't. Think, so. you, but you couldn't. Uh, yeah. Equally, you couldn't bet Philly, yeah. right? <laughs> That's exactly right. So it's, it's a definite stay away. Definitely. <laughs> no problem. Um, for a game that we're both staying away from, we just spent an inordinate amount of time yeah, talking about. Time. So Let's apologies move. to the listeners <laughs> for that uh, sleep 
inducing, sleep inducing chat. Sleep inducing. Uh, It'll be a sleep inducing game, I imagine. Um, Tennessee (laughs) at Indianapolis. Indy plus one and a half. The total is 51 and a half. And like we touched on at the top of the show, they're still not quite there yet, the Colts, but they're on the way. Carson Wentz isn't setting the world on fire, but with that 11 to one touchdown interception ratio, uh, that's exactly what he needed after last year's disaster. And he looks to be getting more confidence and more chemistry with that offense every single week. Um, that being said, though, the Titans have just demolished probably the two best teams in the AFC over the last couple of years. Last week, as we said earlier, being the first time since Pat Mahomes took over that starting job in Kansas City, that the Chiefs failed to score a touchdown of any kind. And the Titans are buzzing at the moment. It was one of my plays of the week. I said to you off air before, Lepper, um, that whenever the Titans face the Chiefs, so I'm I'm playing the Titans, and I have for the last couple of years, um, and I think it's come off nearly every every time, but uh, it was one of my plays of the week, um, and for very good reason. I loved them in that spot. Uh, King Henry didn't even have his usual impact, but you know, they were still able to just, you know, roll over the top of them in, in many different ways, um, and I like them here again. They've shown that they're more than just Derrick Henry, uh, and they're going to need all those different um, assets on offense against the best rush defense in the league. Um, this matchup between the Titans and the Colts is always a really tough, tight matchup. But the form and the fact that the Titans have already beaten the Colts by over a touchdown, although that was uh, in Tennessee, swings my vote to the Titans. Division matchups often throw up some curveballs, but I feel like this line should be at least a field goal. And so I'm going with the hot hand and the value with the Titans. Uh, Tennessee minus one and a half. What have you got for us? Yeah, Tennessee were unreal last week, as you said. And, and Derrick Henry, you know, like he didn't have the, his usual impact on the ground, but he he certainly, um, you know, opened that opened that passing lane up for Ryan Tannehill to find those receivers. And AJ Brown had his his best game of the year by far. And it was due to the fact that so many Kansas City Chiefs defenders were worried about Derrick Henry that it opened up the passing game, and and Tannehill obviously took advantage of that. And um, yeah, two underdogs that we both really liked, or you really liked both last week, and, and they both saluted. So it would have been a nice little um, a multi on the on the money line on both teams if anyone followed Nick in there. Um, but yeah, look, a, a huge matchup could almost decide the AFC South if Tennessee win. They'll have a, I think it'll be a three or four game break on 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 the Colts. So look, it, it's it's a huge implications for both teams. Um, obviously, Tennessee winning that game you mentioned a bit earlier, where I did have the uh, Titans covering in that, and they duly did, thankfully. But look, um, the Colts are definitely improving, and, and as you said, they're they're um, they're doing some good things on offense. Their, their defense is still solid, but yeah, I think that hot hand of Tennessee is what you have to play here. And, and despite it being on the road, um, yeah, I think Tennessee always lift their game for for a good team. Um, they've already beaten four teams that made the playoffs last year, uh, 4-0 that is, you know, and they've obviously lost to the Jets. They they kind of, they're one of those teams that always rise to the occasion. So I think they'll do that again this week. And I think um, minus one and a half is, is a really good bet, like you said, and, and it should be probably closer to that field goal. So I'll be taking the Titans here at minus one and a half as well, mate. Agreed. We're on the same page. And, and we spoke about Derek Henry and, and his impact last week and, and talking about that, uh, Colts rush defense. The Titans rush defense is ranked just 21st in DVOA rush defense. Um, so Jonathan Taylor, the, the number one uh, back in Indy, could have a big game. And I like his uh, his over rush yards line at 67 and a half uh, at a dollar ninety. Uh, it was one of the few that I, I found this week that I liked. Um, it's a nice one because uh, yeah, he's he's been in unbelievable form. He's uh, you know 
one chunk play, he's been kind of doing that in almost. So, and it um, just it just takes the pressure off the quarterback. You know, when you've got right, a guy yeah. who can who can take some of that pressure off, um, you know, it allows it gives the offensive line you know room to move, um, and you know, it gives gives the receivers some some space to to run into. Uh, and yeah, you know, like I said, the, the more options for, for your quarterback, the more time you've got, then yeah, you know, the more options. So you know, it's a really big thing that the Colts have that you know Carson Wentz didn't have in Philadelphia last year was that you know solid, um, consistent running back next to him. But uh, yeah, look, they're they're in a good spot at the moment, the Colts. But I'm not sure that they're quite there yet against this Titans team. And uh, I think we're both in agreement on that one. What was the uh, total match points line on this? Did you say? Uh, Fifty one. Oh, it is a little bit high. I just, uh, mm. just found a little stat about yeah, nine of the last 10 Titans road games have gone over the total match points line. Interesting. So that means they, they're definitely not scared to put up points away from home. So um, in that dome, good conditions, as we know. Yeah, could be could be worth a look at for the punters out there, even a double at the double, because Nick and I are both keen on the Titans. So um, do with that information what you will. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's probably a it's probably a touch high for me, but can certainly understand uh, if you did want to want to play that way. Well, they, uh, you know, not last week was a thirty eight end game in the most torrential conditions you've ever seen. So, you know, in that indie game, I should say. So, look, um, hmm. if if it, you know, going by that, it, it it could be an easy cover. But you know, Tennessee also didn't cover get anywhere near covering their line last week in terms of the overs. So. Hmm. Yeah, interesting one. It is indeed. I think it's one of the one of the most intriguing games of of the of the Definitely. round. Actually, it's um, it's like I said, it's always a tight matchup. This one, and, and obviously has real big implications for the rest of this season um, for both franchises. Uh, speaking of really good franchises, we got the Rams at Houston, a not so good franchise. Uh, the Texans plus fourteen and a half, huge spread here the total is 48 and has anyone watched houston lately i mean i i th- think this line should be 25 30 it's just insane and no one watches houston because they're deplorable but they've been outscored 62 to 8 in their last two weeks and i think that that trend continues here the colts and cards both put up 30 on the texans kept them to under a touchdown both times and the rams are arguably the best team out of all three of those uh, franchise, it is a huge line, but it's an easy choice for me here. I'm taking the Rams at the minus 14 and a half. How about you? Yeah, you couldn't couldn't begrudge with that, and I'm with you exactly right. I mean, Lance, <clears throat> the Rams, it was a light, high, high line against Detroit um, slightly, which we didn't get, but I think the Rams come back and, and really put their foot down and, and make a statement here. It will not that they need to make a statement, but they'll win and win well. Yeah, like you said, there's just no offense for Houston. There's no defense for Houston. It, yeah, they're just deplorable, as you mentioned. So, uh, a Rams victory by three touchdowns is is an easy, like certainly not out of the realms of possibility, even more. So, yeah, I think the Rams win, um, and that line won't be big enough. Yep, agreed, agreed. So we're on the same page. Uh, Cincinnati at the Jets, New York is plus ten and a half. The total is forty three and a half. And like we said before, the Bengals were uber impressive against the Ravens last week. And, and I said last week that I really like Cincinnati this year, but honestly, I expected them to get pummeled by Baltimore and they came out and just destroyed uh, Lamar Jackson and, and co on the way to the AFC North lead. I think this one could be potentially a little bit of a comeback to earth type game for the, the Bengals. 
Uh, the Jets will be reeling after a pummeling of their own, which I'm not sure anyone saw coming either. But um, I'm leaning towards the Jets here at home with that plus line, that touchdown and a half, but I'm just not willing to bet it here. How about you? Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm going to stay out of this one, but I can easily see a, a massive victory by um, by Cincinnati, of course. Uh, he's broke. He, as we touched on, um, he's you know Justin Jefferson had that incredible rookie season last year, breaking the record, and he's already surpassed him in the first seven games. Jamar Chase, so he's on track to, as we mentioned, to to beat him. And the the chemistry is just something, um, yeah, to behold. That Joe Burrow's looked incredible, and Rex Ryan made the comparison during the week that he he looks like a Tom Brady. He plays like a Tom Brady, and he's got all the attributes of a Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. So it'll be interesting to see how. You know, if he can get one, let alone seven. But I mean, uh, it's 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 big shoes to fill. But I can see the comparison and and why he's kind of um, said that. Just so composed in the pocket and just just a workmanlike kind of um, quarterback doesn't make too many mistakes. Just gets the ball out where he needs to and, and lets the lets his um you know weapons around him do their thing. Um, the Jets. What can you say about them? They they put up allowed the most points. Um, in a game since 1995, the, the franchise was supposed to take a big step forward this year. Obviously, it doesn't help when your you quarterback leaves the game for an injury. Um, if with a bloke called Mike White, if you've ever heard of him, he he took over for Wilson as and one of the reasons why they got old man Flacco back to the franchise uh, to lead them. Uh, so look, it, it's not a pretty sight for the Jets, and um, yeah, almost impossible to see him causing an upset here. But I know. Yeah, that ten and a half is just one of those. Those it seems like one of those trap lines that we've we've spoken about. So, mm. look, it's a no play for me. But yeah, I think the Bengals continue their run, and they'll be the number one seed in the AFC going into next week as well, because that's where they sit at the moment. Incredibly, so amazing. Uh, yeah, it is amazing, and and they'll be six and two, and and you know, hard to catch, and and you know, in terms of getting into at least the playoff, um, a wild card berth. So. Which is good to see for you know the franchises that haven't been there for a few years. Um, they had that great run with Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis, but it's been five or six years in between drinks. So yeah, it'd be nice to see them back there. But and and yeah, they certainly won't be losing this week. So, but no play for me, mate. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm just gonna stop there and apologise to anyone who's hearing some weird stuff uh, while listening to this audio. The, the weather is absolutely bucketing down here in Melbourne and there's lightning and thunder and the rain's hitting the, the top of my uh, ceiling pretty hard. So if uh, some of the audio gets a bit weird, it's because we've kind of paused and muted for a minute and switched it back on and all that sort of stuff um, because it, it gets pretty loud occasionally. So apologies to anyone who's having trouble hearing certain things. But next up is Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Cleveland minus three and a half. The total is 42 and a half. Do you want to kick us off for this one? Yeah, it's it's a great, uh, interesting game. Um, obviously, big implications in the AFC North as well for the Browns. They came off that um, pretty good win in in um, on Thursday Night Football last week where they had that depleted depleted offense. It doesn't look like Baker Mayfield will be right to go this week either. Um, unless he is, I'm not sure, Nick, I haven't heard, but he might be able to enlighten us. But yeah, look, I, like I said, like you said, you're probably more inclined to lean to the, to the underdogs in these, in these games. And that's probably where my head went first was a Steelers plus, but yeah, I don't think I could bet in this game with any confidence whatsoever with just what we've seen from both teams so far this year. I mean, I'm hoping the Browns can pull out a win and, and continue that AFC North charge, but 
look, uh, it might be a big day for TJ Watt and Miles Garrett to kind of, you know, square off and see who can who can get the most hits on the quarterback and most sacks. So it'd be an interesting watch, but yeah, not a game I'm going to uh, bet in, mate. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I I normally take the underdog if if there's a line of three points or more in these ones because they're just such you know, hard fought clashes between the the Browns and the Steelers. But honestly, just can't get a read on either of these teams this year with you know key guys missing. And you mentioned Baker Mayfield. I think that last I heard was uh, that they haven't decided on surgery yet for that shoulder. Um, that he might play, but. I don't think that he does. I think I think they just give him time to to let that settle down. If they're not gonna if they're not gonna um, you know, have the operation on his shoulder, then I think they give him another week or two to, to see if it settles down before making that final decision. I, I can't see him playing in this one, but you know, who knows with the Browns? The Browns are gonna brown, um, and we know that they mess up a lot of these decisions quite often. So I mean, who knows? It's no play from me, no play from you. That's about enough of that, I reckon. Um, San Francisco at Chicago, the Bears plus three and a half. The total is 39 and a half. What have you got? Yeah, interesting game. Uh, look, I haven't tipped the Bears once this season and I probably can't start doing it this week either, even though they are at home <laughs> against a pretty, um, yeah, look, average 49ers team, it, it turns out to be. Um, I had a few more high hopes with some, you know, some key players back this year after the the injury troubles I had last year. They, to be honest, they've been hit with a lot of injuries again this year. But um, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo um, certainly hasn't excelled this season as um, as expected. He hasn't had that success. Um, Trey Lance, he's uh, only played the handful of games. Um, hasn't done anything in particular either to set the world on fire. But neither is on the other side. Neither is Justin Fields. Uh, he's really struggled with that offensive line protecting him. They, they've had a, thankfully for him, they've had a really good running game all year, even with David Montgomery out. Rookie Khalil Herbert stepped up and, and performed admirably the last couple of weeks as a starter. He's, he's peeled off 97 yards and 100 yards rushing. But the issue with the Bears has been throwing the football and, and they ranked dead last in, in passing passing yards and yeah, as the as the hashtags go, free Alan Robinson. The poor guy's been trapped in Chicago, can't get a target. And um, yeah, Justin Fields isn't the guy to give it to him at the moment uh, behind that offensive line. So look, it, it's a it's a game that I'm certainly staying out with a ten foot pole. Um, but yeah, I, I you'd probably have to lean towards the home side slightly in this one, especially as an underdog. Um, and I know that's the way you're leaning. Yeah, I cer- certainly see that, and, and yeah, completely understand why why anyone would want to stay out of this one. Um, Jimmy G is is he the guy in San Francisco? I mean, I I can't see him there much longer. How about, can I mean? No, is he there look, past yeah, the-, the fact that they traded up to get um, a quarterback in this year's draft showed that there probably wasn't that confidence there. It, it's mm. probably more to do with his health and him staying on the field. And you know, when he is on the field, he's always got an injury. So. Look, he we know the success he's had under Kyle Shanahan, but um, and and this not the unsuccess, it's not even a word, but you know the <laughs> the differing success that Kyle Shanahan's had with other quarterbacks. Um, I can't remember the exact record, but it was shown on Sunday Night Football last year. But uh, it's a it's a very it's one it's you know one in one in five wins without Jimmy there, and it's it's you know well over five hundred with Jimmy at the starter. So uh, they've obviously got that chemistry and rapport, but. Um, I think his health is letting him down, but I've, also his talent probably hasn't carried him as far as most mm. people would have thought after that Super Bowl uh, appearance. Yeah, it certainly, certainly hasn't been the same 
Jimmy G. I mean, maybe it has been the same Jimmy G. It just hasn't been the same just San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Um, you know, with all those injuries, both you know, on defense and and you know, I think they've had four or five different running backs over that kind of three-year wow. spread as well that have all you know, had pretty major injuries at one point or another that um, has certainly cost them. And they've kind of, you know, their calling card has been the running game and, and just hasn't hasn't been able to turn out that way consistently enough for them, um, which, you know, like we've touched on a number of times, really, you know, costs the, the quarterback at, at times. But uh, you mentioned not betting on, on Chicago this year. Chicago plus spreads have been pretty kind to me so far this season, especially at home. And I'm going to go back to the well here. I think this is going to be a tough trip for for Jimmy G and co to the Windy City. It it, it really is a tough trip. It's it's not for everybody and, and not everyone can make that trip and, and come back with, with a, a W. Um, the concern here for me is Chicago's weak spot against the run. Uh, I think they could be exposed by a run-first offense, which we know they have in, in San Francisco, but I just don't think that the 49ers one is that good anymore, uh, and we've touched on a few reasons why. I'm, I'm going back to Chicago plus three and a half. Um, not sure if it quite makes my best this week, but I do really like it. If it's not in my top three, then it's just outside. Um and I think that, that total points line is pretty spot on these two defenses against each other uh, and not much on offense. I'm not sure that there's a huge amount of points. It could be a two and six game, maybe. <laughs> that would be a – I don't know if that's a scoregami. Has there ever been a Scorigami, I reckon, for sure. It, yeah, has it been a two-six result? There's been a couple maybe. of scoregamis the last couple of weeks. It has. It's always good. I, I like a good scoregami, but uh, I'm not sure that there's been a two-six <laughs> result. Last it might have been the – might have been the Cardinals, Texans. Uh, the Texans, Texans, yeah. Yeah, 24-5 or something. Yep, yep. But yeah, um, the last couple of weeks, there's been a couple of score Grammys. There's always one to keep an eye out for, guys, if you're uh, interested in that. And it's a good Twitter page to follow to see all the, the scores that haven't been. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah, I'm not sure there's a huge amount of points. Uh, I'm on the underdog, the Bears, plus three and a half. Uh, it's a no play for you, mate. Um, next up, Jacksonville at Seattle. Seattle minus three. The total is 43 and a half. And the Seahawks offense misfired against the Saints on Monday Night Football in primetime. Cool. Still came away with a cover, just, which was good yeah, for your head-to-head. Good for Ooh. your head-to-head play, mate. But, Two in uh, a row for the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, facing the New Orleans defense in the Big Easy is a very, very different kettle of fish to the statistically least efficient defense in the league back in Seattle. And I know the Seahawks are still missing some key guys. We know Russell Wilson's out for another few weeks at least. This one could get really ugly for Jacksonville if they don't put it together. Seattle have something to prove to their fans at home. I just think that they they might win this by a couple of touchdowns, the Seahawks. And I know that they weren't great last week, but I think uh, I think they're yeah, going to be too strong for, for Jacksonville. I could see that happening. I mean, their defense is actually getting better um, as it did last year. They had a really, really bad start and, and really turned it around. And again, they were on track you know, crazy, you know, 450 yards through their first five games and, and that's dropped to 324 over their last two, which, you know, um, has helped Geno Smith a little bit because he's stayed in games and, God, he's been bad. <laughs> like, it was really bad on uh, – and and some of the play calling was, you know, very, very questionable. Um, in that Saints game, they did cover, so they've covered for me two weeks in a row, so I can't begrudge them. But they are 0-3 for the first time at home since 1992 – uh, Jacksonville coming off that by it's a, it's a great opportunity for Trevor Lawrence to make a statement and come in and, and put up some big numbers. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough though for him as rookie quarterback in that stadium with the 12th man, as they call it. So 
Um, you'd have to think Seattle turn it around at home here. But, yeah, look, the, like I said, the gut feel or the first look of it, I was almost happy to play the Jags, but I did decide mm. to stay out of this one. So no play for me. But, um, yeah, it would be a massive boil over if, if Jacksonville went into Seattle and won. But mm. uh, I could sure. see it happening. I could see it happening. Well, not it's not an official head-to-head, but might be a little semi-head-to-head if uh, if things go that way. Maybe yeah, if, look, that line, mean, if that line comes out a little bit more, would you play it or? Yeah, definitely. I think at what, you know four what's and your, half what's five, your bench yeah, four okay. and a half five, I'd, I'd take the Jags. Uh, James Robinson's been incredible. I must just throw this in there. You know, the last. Um, um, sorry, he, he's averaged 17 carries and notched five scores in the Jags last four games. So he's been on a tear and he might be worth looking at some player props if there are some here. Um, we know the Seahawks, that could not stop Alvin Kamara, even though he did it more through the air uh, last week. But, yeah, I think it's a big game for James Robinson. and um, Yeah, I could easily see an upset, but, you know, as, as easily as you said, the Seahawks could come out and blow them away. So... It's one of those games, and that's why I'm staying out. But the gut feel definitely is Jacksonville here. Well, that line, I mean, yeah, talking to your point, that line has come in from three and a half to three already in the last kind of 12 or, or 18 hours. So it is coming in that way, uh, trending towards Jacksonville. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of on my on my list hard, of best this week. It's hard to be confident about a team that's lost 20 of their last 21 games. Though, so. <laughs> it is. It is. Very good point. Uh, New England at... LA charges, the charges are minus four and a half. The total is 48 and a half. And my first <coughs> thought was this line should be a, around a touchdown in favor of the charges. But then I remembered that the Pats put up 31 and a half last week. And then I remembered that it was against the Jets. Yeah, I was going to say, against the Witches hats, yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. And so I'm going with my first thought here, going back to the value with the charges. And, and uh, amazingly, this line, when uh, – when we first started talking about this game, the line was at five and a half, and I thought this is great because I think that the line you know should be around that, that six and a half or seven mark, and then it's coming even more to four and a half. So it's it's a must play for me. How about you? Yeah, look, I'm with the Chargers as well. I, I can't see the the Patriots, um, yeah, getting too close to the Chargers. I mean, they're going to give them a run for their money. They were, like you said, they did put up a lot of points last week, but that was against the New York Jets, and it would have been almost like having a buy as the Chargers did. But, yeah, we know the Chargers have got class all over the field. And to be honest, they're probably better uh, or at least evenly matched with the Patriots all over the field in terms of um, offense, defense, and special teams. So, look, I can't see Mac Jones coming in here and, and having a statement win over Justin Herbert. I, I'm like you. I probably was expecting that six or seven line. So to see it at four and a half, I'm very happy to play the Chargers here. Um, they, they had that blip against the Ravens before the bye where – they were just completely, you know, outplayed. But, yeah, I think they bounced back with with a pretty strong victory here at home. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all, all in on the Chargers this week as well, and, and it could be a, a lock of the week for the boys. Could be. It was, it was funny. Last week, I think, did we did we both have the unders in that Jets-Pats game? I, I know I, I had the unders. I think and- we both – I think, yeah, we both end up not playing, obviously, but um, we both probably lean that way. <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I – Remember thinking at halftime, all oh, that that unders is cooked. This is thirty-one six or whatever, or thirty-one zip maybe at mm. halftime. And it thinking was a that, score. 
Yeah, that one is cooked, and then it, it still snuck in. I don't know what happened with the oh, pass in the really? second half. Yes, oh, snuck okay. in by a couple of points. So I was only there was only two touchdowns in the second half, or a touchdown, a field goal, or something in the second half. So it snuck in by a couple of points, and um, it's, that second half was so different to the to the first half. It was insane, um, but almost unwatchable. That from both perspectives, oh, yeah. just a horrible, horrible game of football. Um, speaking about horrible games <laughs> of football, <laughs> Good segue there. Uh, great segue. Uh, Washington football team at Denver. Denver minus three. The total is forty three and a half. What have you got for us, mate? Yeah, look, it's um, it is a disgusting game of football, but yeah, I'm probably going to have a play in this, and I'll tell you why. Look, I think um, <laughs> they're both terrible teams. I've obviously Broncos lost four in a row. Uh, the Washington football team have lost three in a row. The fact the Broncos couldn't get it done in Cleveland last week, I think just spoke volumes. And I know they only lost by three, but they were never in that game. They they were completely outplayed by the Browns and it could have been a lot bigger margin if the Browns wanted it to be. They just kind of played the clock and, and played um, smart. They didn't want to turn the football over. But yeah, I think it could have been uh, ugly for the, Brown, uh, for the Broncos, I should say. They have finally added some linebackers this week to kind of bolster that that uh, defense after more injuries, but yeah, I don't know how much difference it's uh, going to have. Washington put their best foot forward against Green Bay. They actually outgained them in yards by over a hundred. They had four hundred thirty yards to three hundred four, and didn't punt the football all day. Yet only scored ten points. So make of that what you will. They had, they did have five empty trips um, in the Packers' thirty-yard line. So you know. Surely they can be better on offense. If they're a bit more efficient, they'll they'll wipe Denver here. And I'm very, very happy to be on Washington here at plus three. Uh, even though it is in the Mile House High City. Um, look, and Washington's defense is still 29th in yards allowed. Uh, and they haven't won in Denver since 2001. All those things against Washington, they'll win. And I think um, <laughs> Denver are just, yeah, Vic Vangio is probably the man on the hottest of hot seats at the moment. Cool. Ooh, good call. It, you're sick. You called me sick for for playing a game last last week or the week before. I, that is that is a sickness to play this game. This this is potentially the ugliest game of the week. And you know, I think I've said a few times over the last and few weeks. The, and this is why we take the underdogs, Nick. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I mean, that, that's what I've said over the last couple of weeks. You know, two average teams facing off with a field goal or plus spread. You take the underdog, so I I do lean Washington here, but nowhere near enough for for a play. I think just oh, yeah, Washington. Uh, uh, I just their defense was better last week. They like I said, they held Green Bay to three hundred yards. Um, they still gave up red zone touchdowns, obviously, but they just couldn't capitalize on their own um, red zone trip. So if they put that together, Taylor Heineke's been serv- certainly serviceable. Um, he made a couple of bad blues last week where he fell to the ground just before crossing the <laughs> touchdown um, line as well, but which cost him dearly. But look, I, I think Washington just have a bit more go, a bit more about them on offense for one, and and I think their defense can certainly be better than the Broncos at the moment. So um, yeah, look, the stats are against me in terms of what I've read out, and they've lost their last seven games when they've started as an underdog. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty confident they'll win this week and. Um, you know, I'll, I'll eat humble pie next week if they don't. Look, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I I agree with you, but I'm just not playing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not just, it's just so gross. It's so gross. Um, from gross to potentially game of the week, could yeah. be Tampa Bay at New Orleans. The Saints plus five and a half. The total is forty nine and a half. And these two are essentially top ten defensive units against. 
both the air and ground games, which has me leaning to an unders play here. The Bucks are better. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt there. But in New Orleans, against that defense, I think the Saints can keep this one tight. You know, type of 23-20 type of scoreline, you know, 2017 even, um, which I think are the two most common score lines in NFL history, 2017 and 2320. I think it's it's going to be another one of those type of things. You know, it's going to be a field goal difference. Um, neither of them are, are big plays in this one, but I'm leaning the Saints at plus five and a half. I'm leaning the unders at under 49 and a half. Do you agree or do we have a head-to-head? We have a head-to-head and <laughs> it is on the uh, line of Tampa Bay. I'm taking them minus, um, even though... Yeah, look, I, I to be honest, I agree with everything you're saying, and it could easily be that kind of scoreline. But I just the, the weapons on that Bucks uh, offense, just yeah, they just keep finding ways to put up touchdowns, and you know they did it with ease last week against what you keep telling me is a pretty good Bears off uh, defense. So, <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, they they won by ten points last year in the um, the wild in the division game. Sorry, the divisional uh, matchup they won thirty to twenty in that playoff game after losing the Saints quite badly in both regular season games. Uh, James Winston gets it as a proper starter this time face against face off against his former team. Um, he did throw a, a throw a ball as a backup last year in one of the routes that the Saints gave him during the regular season. But it was look, the best. I, it was the New Orleans quarterback best pass of the year from memory. Yeah, that's right. He did do something special, didn't he? But look, I, I think Tampa come in and and just keep on their winning ways and, and make a statement here. And off the short, short week, shorter week, um, the saints were just really ugly to watch last week. They got, they got the job done, but on offense, there wasn't really much clicking other than Elvin Kamara. So if the bucks can stop him, which we know they're great against the run. Um, yeah. I'm happy to play the bucks here and, and go get it back to three and three on the head to head. Hopefully mate. Head to head. Interesting. Now the, the big question of the week, and I'm, I'm putting on the spot here, but the uh, the Bucks fan with Brady's six hundred yes. ball, did he get fair value yes. for the ball? No, he did. I think he did because f- first you don't go to a game thinking that's going to happen. The fact that he's got like tickets to see his team every week when they're awesome as well. I don't know if he's going to get himself a, like he should have got a got himself a Super Bowl ticket in there as a, as part of the payoff. But look, it's always hard to sell memorabilia. I think and. And you know authenticity and all that kind of stuff. They got enough coverage. You probably would have been able to prove it. But yeah, I think what do you get? Sixty k worth of Bitcoin. Um, you know, another you know priceless um, bits of memorabilia that he can sell off, like jerseys and helmets, and mm. like I said, season tickets. If he's an avid fan, that's a, that's a pretty good pretty good trade, I think. And I, um, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty big memorabilia guy. I, I collect. Um, yeah, basketball cards, a little bit of NFL stuff. Yeah, um, I want to see your basketball card collection because I'm a I'm a footy card collector from way back, yeah. and I haven't done anything with them ever. They just sit in my <laughs> um, parents, um, my old bedroom, my parents' place, and yeah, collect yeah. dust. Well, they're in you know laminate, thankfully. But um, I, I'm always interested in in card collectors, and it's something I really enjoyed as a kid, but I just haven't um, continued it on. But I'd I'd love to see him, you know. And, yeah, no, it's it's a bit of a it, it's it's got a bit of that love from from when you're a kid, but and mm. and then as you grow up, there's that investment factor and yeah, yeah, you know, kind of gambling too. You kind of, it's like stocks, right? You 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 try and get in cheap and then sell high if you if you can, um, or or invest in in things that are just going to keep increasing in value. But, um, I mean, the reality is, could he have gotten a million bucks selling that ball at auction in a decade? Probably, yeah, you know, he probably could get a million bucks selling that ball at auction, but. 
yeah, in reality, he got what amounts to a pretty amazing payout for doing the right thing. You know, he gave the ball back to the guy who's, you know, he's the franchise quarterback of his team, um, you know, his boyhood fan team. Um, got to have this yeah, incredible experience of, of holding that ball in the crowd. Yeah, it's been all over TV, all over the news, gets a couple of signed jerseys from the greatest quarterback of all time. That's it, yeah. Uh, you know, which is, you know, in another 10 years, that those jerseys are going to be 100%. worth yeah. a and shit like, ton. What you, imagine the press and the negativity that he would have got, even like exactly. the threats he would have got over social media and things like that if he hadn't done, you know, and, given and, it up. And he gets to make his favorite player happy. Like, yeah. How much? Look, how many I'm people sure. can get to say they've had they've had a, a real positive impact on, you know, one of the greatest players of all time's life? Like, he should have thrown in a dinner with him and Giselle. Surely, yeah. Well, I think that was one of the questions: is, Can I take Giselle on a date? Uh, which would have been pretty funny. But you know, two two signed jerseys, a helmet, got a couple of pairs of Mike Evans cleats. I uh, got. A, I think he got a thousand bucks cash at the NFL store. Yeah, he got season tickets got a for the next year as well. Yeah, Bitcoin. I mean, he did pretty well out of. Just oh, absolutely. It's not a bad payout. I'll, I'd take it any day. 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah, head-to-head, going back to uh, back to the purpose of this conversation. Yeah, I thought we had, I thought we had a couple this week, but just the one, but that's how we like it, just the one really okay. um, it was something to look forward to. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Um, moving on, Sunday night football, Dallas at Minnesota, the Vikings plus one and a half. It's come in from two and a half in the last 12 hours as well. Total is 55. Do you want to kick us off? For this one, yeah, pretty mouthwatering clash, isn't it? Definitely mm-hmm. up there with game of the week, especially if um, you know full bill of health for the Cowboys. Um, they had six wins all of last season, the Cowboys, and they can match that already in week eight, and they've just had their bye. So uh, it's a pretty big turnaround <clears throat> for the league's biggest franchise. Obviously, healthy Dak Prescott's been a big reason for that. They're the number one ranked offense in the league by fair way in terms of yards and part um, in points. Um, and but the the big turnaround's obviously been that defense, and you know they've had fourteen takeaways as a as a defense with Trayvon Diggs accounting for half of those in interceptions. So he's on track to break the all time record in a season. Uh, Minnesota have won consecutive games, but they've only beaten Carolina and Detroit the last two weeks, and and they barely did that. They needed a last second field goal to beat Detroit, and they only beat Carolina in overtime. So they obviously uh, lost. Um, Patrick Peterson as well to a hamstring injury. So uh, another blow for their defense. So, yeah, look, I, I'm I'm big on Dallas this week. Uh, it's one of my best, especially if Dak is healthy. Um, that minus one and a half um, is, is way too short a line. Uh, if Prescott's 100% healthy and available, the question mark is if he's going to play uh, and how limited he will be if he does with that calf injury. So, Look, I'm banking on Dak to to do the thing, and even then, he's got some pretty good running backs to lean on with Tony Pollard and and Zeke, of course. So, yeah, look, I'm happy to play Dallas at minus one and a half against a Vikings team that is good, but I don't think they've beaten anyone or proven anything yet. Yeah, I mean the the Dak thing's a huge one, and and I think if there was more certainty around him playing, then that line probably wouldn't be as short as it is. Um, so if if you think that Dak plays um and, and is good to go then i think you take that that line like you said but uh, it, for me it's not a betting game um definitely sit and watch on sunday night football i think it's you know possibly the most entertaining uh game of the of the slate um 
Yeah, it's got the highest total. Total. Um, it's got the highest points total. So yeah, that's right. I think it would be, be a great game to watch, but uh, it's a no play from me. Uh, finishing up with Monday Night Football, the New York Giants at Kansas City, the Chiefs minus ten. The total is fifty two and a half. And you guys who have listened over the last few years know that it's a bit of a thing to not take Kansas City against the spread. Uh, and we've spoken about it a few times, uh, pretty much every week, I think, this this season already. Yeah, but, you like to bring it um, up every week. <laughs> I, I do, I do. It's it's the thing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take them this, this week. It's been a long time since we've seen the Chiefs blown out the way they were by the Titans last week. And I think that this week has a bit of, of redemption for, for the Chiefs, maybe a bit of a revenge game for Pat Mahomes and co. The Giants are not the Tennessee Titans. We know that. And try as he might, Danny Dimes and his merry band of misfits is not Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry and AJ Brown and co. I, I really like the Chiefs to bounce back here and get it done at home in a big, big way. I think this is a, a two or three touchdown win. Uh, I think there's a fair few points in this, but I, I think that they put it together against this Giants defense. The Chiefs minus 10 for me. How about you? Yeah, uh, look, to be honest, I lean probably the other way at first, but then, um, yeah, look, I'm going to stay out of this one. The Chiefs are two and five against the spread this year. They, it's a massive game, and as we know, if they if they lose this, I think it's season over. To be honest, and um, well, I don't think they will lose this. Yeah, I, I, that ten that ten point line is is a very high one for a team that what they did last week. Um, the Giants had a really good second half against Carolina. They they outscored them. I think. Well, they shut them out in that second half, and they put on at least three touchdowns. So it was a, it was a better performance from from Daniel Jones and, and the Giants after that disgraceful performance against the Rams a week prior. Um, they're they're allowing twenty nine points a game. The Chiefs' defense in over four hundred yards. Um, but you know, last last week the Giants were actually really quite um, comprehensive on defense after conceding eighty two points in the in the previous two weeks combined. So. Yeah, look, it's an interesting game for Monday Night Football. All eyes will be on Patrick Mahomes and how he bounces back from probably his worst game of his NFL career mm. last week. And um, from all reports, he's passed all the concussion protocols, so he'll be good to go. But, um, yeah, and and look, to be honest, Daniel Jones up against it a bit without those weapons. Um, Kenny Golladay, Saquon Barkley, Kadavius Tony, list goes on. Sterling mm. Shepard, I think, still out. Look, it's um, he may do last week and... I don't think you'll have enough points in him to, to keep up with Kansas City here, but in terms of beating Kansas City, I should say, but I think he might have enough to keep up with them. But um, I'm going to be sitting on the fence here and, and no play for me. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. We're at that point of the show where we talk about the lock of the week and uh, we're back in black for the lock as well. We're, we're four and three now after, yeah, again, three a, a row, horrific mate. start. We went 0 and 2 to start the season. We're at four Ooh, and three yeah, now. So One and three, so we've gone three in a row. Yep, yep. So pretty happy with that. And there's a, there's a couple that we agree on. We've got uh, the Titans, the Chargers, the Rams. That might be it. Um, I'm thinking the Chargers. Yeah, look, I think that was the one that stood out to both of us. And um, the Chargers feature in both our best. So I think that's a pretty safe play to put Chargers at minus four and a half as our lock of the week, mate. Done. That's it. We'll ring the bell. That's lock of the week. Um, do you want to do you want to get us started with those uh, three best that you mentioned? Can do, mate. Yes, as we just touched on, Los Angeles Chargers is one of those at minus four and a half. Another one is Dallas at minus one and a half, and the Washington Football Team at plus three against the Denver Broncos. 
Very good. And what have you got for us in terms of long shots and long shots? I've got Christian Kirk, anytime touchdown scorer tomorrow at 375. Uh, I think for Packers with that depleted defense, they'll be paying extra attention to D hop and AJ green. So Christian Kirk, who can even do a little jet sweep and run around and, and rush it in. I think he's a good value at any time touchdown score at 375. And the other one, because I'm a degenerate Washington football team on the alternative line here, plus five and a half into under 43 and a half at 340. Um, it's a bit risky playing the unders with those two defenses, but their offenses are much better. So look, I think there's a uh, Washington is, this is the time to turn around their defense this week. So Plus five and a half, under 43 and a half, 340 on sports bet there. And my player prop, as touched on earlier, Randall Cobb tomorrow morning, over 47 and a half receiving yards is a really um, play I'm bullish on. If if we had a dollar every time one of us said, this is the week that Washington's defense is going to turn around. <laughs> we'd have $7. We'd have, we'd have $7. Every- <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal my thunder. Um, <laughs> I knew where you were going there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'll look that that Washington uh, unders. Uh, yeah, you are a degenerate. That just needs a vomit. That needs a vomit emoji um, in our run I sheet. Easily I take. I could easily take tomorrow's double at the double as a long shot as well. Which hey, be- no, go go. You you do you do like that, that's cool. That's- yeah, but I, I'm saying if anyone else wants to play that, I think. Um, Arizona minus into the over 50 and a half looks a nice play as well. I don't, I don't mind. I do like that a lot more than uh, the football team <laughs> and the unders. That's just gross. Um, but like, yeah, like you, I've got the Chargers minus four and a half. I've got the Titans minus one and a half and Seattle minus three as my three best. And I've got the Rams, a bit of a margin bet, 21 to 25 point winners at $7.50 and the Chargers 14 plus. I think they could have a big win. Uh, $3.60, and my player prop, as I mentioned before, Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, over 67 and a half rushing yards at $1.90. Uh, it just about does us for the week. Any final thoughts? You've got uh, the trade deadline coming yeah, up. Yeah, trade any, deadline we've got coming up on big Cup moves? Day, our time. Yeah, will we see any big moves? Obviously, we saw Mark Ingram um, sneak through to the Saints this morning. Um, but, yeah, no, no real big mentions of anything else happening yet. Obviously, Sean Watson has been the talk mm. over there in the States about where he will get to. If he'll get to Carolina, will he get to Miami? At this stage, I don't think he'll get to anywhere. I think he'll end up staying put where he is. Yeah. Um, the other one we want to see traded and um, is Alan Robinson. And, and look, I'm sure he would like to be traded too, but whether <laughs> or not that happens, there's been a, not much talk about that. And um, Matt Nagy's in bed with COVID at the moment. So who knows? Who who are the? Yeah, I'm two, trying to think what team would jump out. I was going to gonna say, which, who are the two the two franchises that could most use Baltimore. Alan Robinson? What have you would got? Be nice, Baltimore. Baltimore would love him. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy Watkins can't get on the park. They've got um, Hollywood Brown, who's still a work in progress a little bit, I guess. They've got um, Bateman, who's played a couple of games now as a rookie. Looks okay, but um, to have that, you know that. You know, genuine number one wide receiver for Lamar Jackson would be ideal for Baltimore, whether or not they can afford him mm. or squeeze him in. Not too sure. Um, yeah, look, Baltimore would be the one that comes to mind straight off the bat. Um, yeah, I've got the Saints. Know. I've got the Saints as my the Saints. Uh, actually, yeah, very good. Yeah, point. I yeah. think I think both to to be that number one guy while. Thomas is out, but also, you know, on the While the Saints side. are still in the window as, a, as yeah. such. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah, it'd be a good move. I mean, 
uh, Marquise Callaway, Traquan Smith aren't really your, your leading receiving core. I mean, Michael no. due back in a week or two maybe, but um, then we Even saw that blow up on the sidelines last week between Traquan Smith and Jameis Winston as well. well yeah, look, that, that's a, that's another nice landing spot for him, and he would thrive under Sean Payton, I'm sure. So, yeah, um, Whether or not anything gets done between now and Tuesday our time, We'll see, but um, I think there, I think there will be another couple of moves. I'm not sure there'll be any big so. ones. I mean, the Mark I mean, Ingram one, yeah, you know, he's a bit of a name player, but he's, he's not really a big move anymore. No, um, yeah, probably takes a bit of the pressure off Alvin Kamara, but it's not really a game changer. I think for the Saints, um, makes no, things a bit all. harder for uh, for the Texans. Yeah, not that it could, not that it could that. get much harder for them. But yeah, look, there'll probably be that one big move that we don't expect, or you know. Uh, don't see coming, which would be great for the for the league, and um, it always keeps us. There's interested. always there's always one, isn't there's there? There's always one or two, yeah. So hopefully we do see some action between now and then. But you know, how much gets done over a weekend where there is a lot of games to be focused on as well? I'm not too sure, mm. but I'm sure this time next week we'll be chatting about some key moves. Hopefully we've got a got a fair bit to chat about next week. But uh, that just about does it. Uh, if you want to follow us and have a chat on social media we're on twitter at punt return pod facebook punt return podcast we're on instagram at nfl podcast thanks for tuning in as always uh jump on twitter and give us a yell i'm at nick splitter leper is at ryan lapore we'll be back next week with the punt return 